we only see a very tiny slither of our reality. In fact, scientists say that it's 0.0035%. I mean, think of the magnitude of that. There is so much more to our reality that we can't see than what we can. So it's crazy to me when people will say, well, if I can't see it, it's not real. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Chill the Fuck Out, a non-self-help, self-help show that goes beyond surface-level well-being and explores some light, entertaining, and positive ways we can improve our mental health and well-being. By interviewing some expert guests and taking a look at the topic of mental health in a wider context, we really do learn to chill the fuck out. Hey, and welcome to this month's episode. I'm Sean Patrick, and we are here with Katie Sloan. Katie, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad we got to be together because you're very jet-lagged. I am very jet-lagged. I'm Um, hoping I can string a sentence together for this podcast today. (laughs) You've been in my spiritual home of Los Angeles. I have, City of Angels. How was it? It was wonderful. I flew out there just for a whirlwind trip. I did a week out there. I did a couple of amazing classes. It was just fantastic, yeah. Uh, sellout classes, by the way, which was just oh, incredible, yeah. especially after like, you know, COVID and everything with people not really wanting to venture out anymore. It was such a compliment to mm-hmm. have that um, all those people in house and just, yeah, bringing in some really amazing celestial vibes, of course, which Absolutely. is what I'm all about. Which is what we're talking about today. So I did want to start out by pointing out a possible elephant in the room. The other guests on this podcast, we've spoken about toxic positivity and some people who have stepped away from the new age. And I'm very much, I'm very much in the middle. And that's why I'm excited for us to talk about a lot of the concepts in your book, Celestial Goddess Rising, but also here, because I know you, I know you're also in the world, how you're going to be able to, for everyone listening, but also for me, just articulate how it does relate to mental health. You know, Absolutely, that's, yeah. That's what I'm excited for because I, I, I'm very well versed, huge into like the new age. Um, over the past couple of years, I've drifted more towards what I'd say it's positive psychology, but there's nothing I'm not open to. So okay. it's going to be good. So let me start with that first question: What do you believe the connection is between spirituality and mental health? There's a huge connection. And actually, the world of science and spirituality is really coming closer and closer together. For example, um, I do a lot of private sessions with my clients. And of course, I come at it from a completely spiritual point of view. But those same clients have psychotherapists, as they call them in the States, (laughs) psychologists over here. And I'm told often that my techniques that I give them are almost the same as what the psychologist gives them. For instance, if you know, you're know you in a place of where you've been through severe trauma and perhaps that's playing on a loop in your head, I will recommend, okay, let's get a mantra in place so that you can kind of divert from the trauma and give it a give it a more powerful, give more powerful meaning to what's happened. So, so for instance, if somebody has passed and, you know, let's say you've, you've bad witness to that, that traumatic memory keeps coming back. How do I deal with that? So I would say, you know what, in that moment, you were of great service to that person who transitioned. So I want you to thank yourself for being of service to that person. So let's get that mantra in place. And this particular client said to me, my gosh, that's what my my psychiatrist mm-hmm. said to me. Um, I also said, you know what, to help you with your grief, you sh- 
maybe try writing a letter, all those things that you want to say, write them down and then you can kind of choose to burn that and let it spiral up into the ethers or you can just kind of keep it, right? Keep it there with you. And she said the same thing. My psychiatrist has said it will be really beneficial to write my feelings down. So there's a lot of crossover. There really is. I mean, I think there's a lot of crossover, but there's also a lot of the same thing just being said in a different way. And the only time I think there's a detriment is there are very niche spiritual circles that deny mental health completely. Like there's no such thing as depression or it's just a limiting thought. And I think that's where I notice myself taking a step back saying, hold up, that's not, that's not helpful. If it's helpful and it works, why wouldn't you have a psychotherapist and a spiritual teacher? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And therefore, you know, you're seeing both sides of the coin, right? But really we're saying the same things just in a different way. And also I think I'm, I'm a trained psychologist and we deal with the brain, the psyche, the personality. That's all great, valid, and I love that. But the invisible spiritual is the invisible spiritual. And that is accessed in in a different way. And it's not able, you can't measure it in the same way. You can't put someone into a brain scan and measure their spirituality. doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's where I think psychology can let itself down is if we can't see it, touch it, measure it, then I guess it's not real. And I know that as much as I love psychology, sometimes the only place I can speak to myself is on that visceral level when I can, like you said, a mantra. Sometimes a mantra is just what eases me. Mm. And I think I think that's incredible. So yeah, there is so much crossover. And I think more and more that conversation is being had, which... Which Definitely. I think is great. And you know, I, I touch on this point in my book that we only see a very tiny slither mm. of our reality. Our eyes only pick up on a very tiny slither of the electromagnetic light mm-hmm. spectrum. In fact, scientists say that it's 0.0035% is what we see. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the magnitude of that. We own, There is so much more to our reality that we can't see than what we can. We can't see radio frequencies, mm-hmm. right? We can't see our thought frequencies. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's crazy to me when people will say, well, if I can't see it, it's not real Mm -hmm. because actually science supports that if you can't see it, it actually is real, especially in now going into quantum mechanics and, you know, that rabbit hole is endless. Yeah. And I've got that. I've got that quote from your book. You say, um, there is indeed so much more to life than our five senses and so much more to life than we've been led to believe through our limiting system of stereotypical views of how we should live our lives. And earlier in the book, you say, from the moment of birth, we've been conditioned to fit into a box that looks like go to school, get your qualifications, go to work, pay taxes. Uh, When we look at mental health, that can be a recipe for disaster. If we are only following what we were led to believe about this is how it's done and And I love that your work and just your example of your life is not that it's doing something that's not the the beaten track. Why is it important we at least explore outside of that box that we're taught? Because there's just endless possibilities for our lives. And when we go, when we conform to that box, we we never pursue those Mm. avenues that are are open to all of us, right? You know, it's... 
it's literally spreading your wings and being brave enough to step outside of that box and knowing that actually you can do anything you want to do. You can achieve anything you want to achieve. You just have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. And they don't teach you that at school. They want it to be a formula or, you know, sit and do your maths. And these are the subjects we value. And this is where you'll excel in society. If you get these grades and you study these subjects, I mean, for instance, you know, I'm an artist as well, and the arts are not celebrated anymore, at least. I know in the US, it's almost been completely cut Mm -hmm. out of the curriculum. And we're seeing massive mental health implications because of that. We have to have the creative divine feminine force nurtured within each and every one of us. It is imperative for balance. So whether that is dancing, painting, exercising, whatever it is, it's so essential that we have that balance of that creative energy in our lives to have stable mental health. I mean, there is just a huge neglect. And I think of, I love Alan Watts and he talks about, yeah, like he says, if the purpose of the dance is to get it done, you'd just do the last move. Or if the purpose of the music was to complete it, you'd just play the last note. It's like, no, you play the piano, you do the dance. And I do think consistently things get prioritized, which are more about the logical get things done. And that may contribute to a 3D world of capitalistic productivity. Can't get into that. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't contribute to the visceral experience that is joyful, beautiful. Whether you call it spiritual experience or not, it's that felt experience, which is every bit as real as a more tangible experience. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in my book, I talk about when I had a spiritual intervention. and I talk about I was having a minor, not so minor panic attack. And I genuinely got a message from what I call the universe. That was over 10 years ago. I've trained in psychology since then. I've learned different therapy methods. I still will sit across from you and say, I believe all that psychology I was taught. And that was a spiritual experience that day. Like, and I sincerely, you know, when you know, and mm-hmm. that is where I, I love both because I can say, yeah, I understand that there is a school of thought that says these chemicals were firing my brain in this way, or because I was part of my brain was disengaged. It left me open to possibly hear it. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I believe all that. Give me another circumstance. I had a spiritual experience that day and, and you can't tell me I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I think when you know, you know, and if it works, it works. Absolutely. And that's one of the main messages in my book is like, you know what, I'm not here to convince you of anything. Mm-hmm. We're all on our own journey, but I I really advise you to just give it a go and to like do these exercises and to connect to, you know, a higher power, whatever that may be for you, the universe, source, mm-hmm. um, to explore connecting with the angelic realms, which you know I'm all about, mm-hmm. and to just see the the synchronicities that show up for you, to see the powerful signs that come into your life. Mm-hmm. You can be a complete skeptic. You can be an atheist. Just put it to the test. Yeah. And if you don't feel any benefit from it, you're no worse off. So before we get into more specifics on the book, let's just do some glossary terminology. Um, do you use the word God? Sometimes. Yeah, I like the word God. I la- I use personally use the word God. It doesn't yeah. bother me, but I'm very aware that some of my audience are off, off put, mm-hmm. put off by that word. Yeah. And I think that's because of, you know, 
indoctrination into Absolutely. religion. And so in my book, I like to use several terms. I use source, the creator yeah. a lot. Uh, God is used a few times, but less commonly. Yeah, yeah like the universe, the, the universe cosmos. Is, yeah, I think I use the universe. I mean, I use God a lot too, because I've completely indoctrinated myself. I have to remember sometimes, oh, people, when you say God, people think of something different. But yeah, I like God, I like the universe. We're going to talk about angels quite a bit. Right. What, what are angels to you? Angels are very high vibrational light beings that mm. act as messengers and mediators between our physical realm and the higher realms. So when you talk about angels, it's different to talking about source or God. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. How come? They are an extension of source, mm -hmm. but they act as, like I say, they act as mediators and they are in service to humanity. So they are very much, you know, they are divine energies. However, they are not source itself. Okay. And in regards to if we're talking about realms, what realm are we in here in the world? Well, we're on the earth plane earth right now, plane. but Beautiful. we're also in the third dimension. Okay. Although some of us are working our way up, you know, we've also got the fourth and the fifth yes. dimension, which I do talk about, you talk about in, in my the book. book. So what is fourth? So fourth, obviously there's different interpretations and something that I speak of as well in the book is that I will always talk of my experience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just regurgitate what other people say. So in my experience, the fourth dimension is a in between realms of the third and the fifth, we reach the fourth dimension in our dream state okay. a lot. And I see it as a training ground. So in our dream state, we, you know, the astral plane is considered mm -hmm. the fourth dimension. So it's an in-between realm. Fifth is, um, so, no, 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 yeah. sorry. So fifth is actually a dimension that we are moving into. And it's, so it's just like moving up the vibrational scale. Okay. So, the fourth dimension is our training ground where we really learn to master polarity. And once we've kind of mastered that um, and how to kind of not control our thoughts, but be able to, to master our thoughts, mm -hmm. right? We can then go into a high vibrational state, fifth dimension state of being where we manifest instantly, where we have unity consciousness, where we realize that actually we are not separate, but connected to mm -hmm. everything. So it is very much like kind of love vibration, yeah. but it's unity consciousness is how I see fifth dimension. And the one that... I can't get to with my logical brain. I look forward to hearing what you've got to say is unicorns. Do you talk about unicorns? <laughs> no, I don't no. talk about unicorns, but I have friends that do. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and it's something that is, because this is the thing I'm always, I believe in angels. Yeah. So I'd be a hypocrite to say I don't believe in unicorns. Well, yeah, this is what I say to my daughter. Yeah. I'm like, you know, she's like, mom, are unicorns real? And I'm like, okay, in my experience, I have experienced angels. I haven't yet experienced unicorns. However, I do see a lot of white horses in my meditations. Yeah. And I believe that unicorns actually are, the white horse is a really powerful spirit, mm -hmm. spirit animal. And the, the horn of the unicorn is actually right over the third eye chakra, oh, wow, right? Yeah. So I believe that that is a symbol of the evolved consciousness, the evolved third eye. So there's definitely, you know, there's a bit of a journey of discovery there with unicorns, oh, no, no, I, I feel. I, I completely agree. And like I said, I have always had a concept of angels and I would say, I believe in angels. And then I find myself going, oh, I don't believe in unicorns, but equally, if they're both a symbol or an extension, they're both as likely or unlikely as each other is what, is what I think I've come to learn. So I'm learning 
not to dismiss the concept yes. of unicorns because as it's I that believe thing in again yeah. isn't it well if i don't see it it's not real yeah but i yeah but i don't see angels and i believe in angels there's just something about unicorns i'm not with yet well i think yeah. as well with angels you know they're mentioned across all of pretty much yeah. all of the scriptures and they've been documented throughout all mm. of time so i think it's easier for people to believe in the concept of mm. angels if they haven't seen them because there is written kind of documentation about them perhaps less so with unicorns yeah. maybe that's why yeah we'll figure it out we'll see we will. we'll sit Who down knows? next year maybe and I will we'll tell get you. a visitation yeah. from no unicorns. next year i'll be like katie let me tell you about unicorns <laughs> right okay and I'll, and I'll be teaching my next book could very much could be um i want to jump into your story which you um you touch on in the book um under the concept of worry you went through a stage in life where you were incredibly worried often and you say i realized there was nothing to worry about far from it an incredible gift had been activated within me I couldn't yes. believe it. All that time spent thinking I had some neurological problem when in fact it was my spiritual sight awakening. Yeah. What neurological problem did you think you had and how did you come to understand that as a spiritual experience? Oh yeah. So back in the day when I first started to awaken to the angelic realms and really start communicating with angels, I began to see sparks of light. Mm -hmm. Now I'd just been launched into motherhood, real shock to the system. I'd moved to New York City. Oh my gosh. It was oh like God. a really intense yeah. time in my life where I didn't know if I was coming or going, like what has happened. I've gone from this high-flying fashion designer to like changing nappies, diapers um, uh. in New York City and just feeling quite lost mm -hmm. really. And I kept seeing these blue sparks of light randomly. You know, it wasn't like I was have I was meditating and then I would see one. It was like I would make a cup of tea and I would see one. Oh, wow. So I started thinking there's something wrong with me. Why on earth am I seeing these lights, you know? So, you know, back in the day when I didn't kind of have the open-mindedness and the awareness of what I know now. When are we talking in? So this like, was in 2011. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my daughter was born in 2010. And so that was when I started to see the lights and I went and got my eyes tested. I was convinced there was something wrong with mm -hmm. my eyes eyesight or my brain and then I went and got my eyes tested and the optician was like no your your eyes are fair you've got perfect eyesight and I asked him I said I keep seeing these lights what is it what is it and he just looked at me completely baffled he was like I have no idea and then I my intuition kicked in and it was mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong with your eyes you're not getting headaches it's fine this is something connected with the angels so then i went on a little rabbit who, who hole. said this you said this this is yourself. what i said yeah. to myself yeah i gave myself a pep talk yeah good after the, yeah. <laughs> i needed to give myself a pep talk and so i went on a down the rabbit hole searching into what seeing blue lights meant and discovered that it was actually referred to in shamanism and in you know spiritual kind of circles as the blue angel oh, wow. and it was connected with spiritual sight as your spiritual sight awakens some people can experience this and then I was just so excited I was like oh my gosh I have to learn everything I can mm -hmm. about this and you know how to nurture this gift and now I, you know it's incredible I see all kinds of different colored lights and it's really a powerful indicator to me is the kind of energies that are around people and around me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was actually a wonderful gift. Yeah. And what I, I, I mean, I love the outcome of that. And I also love the lesson of as human beings, we think what's wrong with us. You know, you talk about yeah. unnecessary worry 
our logical minds create a whole lot of unnecessary worry. Um, I was actually seeing angelic energy. The pieces were falling into place, but I, I would be the same. I'd be like, oh my gosh, have I got a brain tumor? Have mm-hmm. I, I, do I have to go and, and see a doctor? And I love your story of that was not the case. No. Like that, that I, happened and you were fine. Yeah. And yeah. I think we're all guilty of going to worst case scenario mm-hmm. first. And it's just like observing that in ourselves. It's kind of hu- human nature to be like worst case scenario. Now, when I find myself doing that, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. What's the best case scenario? Yeah. You're seeing angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think that's another really powerful kind of tool. Yeah. And that is, that's another place where I think psychology and spirituality overlap is we will go to a worst case scenario place, which equally is completely delusional and not based in reality. I remember it was during, it feels like a year into the COVID lockdown after we'd had in the UK, we were in lockdown over winter. And I probably had my worst mental health episode in a long time because I really just started to have complete it was delusional thinking. I was not living out of reality, but I was having some thoughts that were just worst case scenario. And I remember like, you know, consulting people and they were like, there's nothing that shows this is at all remotely happening. But I mean, there's a lot to be said about the lockdown. But my point is, as much as you can make an argument that some best case scenario thinking is woo-woo, Actually, worst case scenario thinking is equally as unbased in reality. Yeah. And we and we can make that decision. If if we're not gonna if we're not gonna operate purely off facts on the table, mm-hmm. then worst case and best case are just as likely as, as each other. Yeah. And Only thing is that worst case tortures you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas best case uplifts you. You've been listening to Chill the Fuck Out. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want to inspire as many people as I can with these episodes, so I'd really appreciate it if you shared the show with a friend or a family member who'd find it useful. Also, please leave me a review and let me know what topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. For more information about who I am and what I do, visit heyshawnpatrick.com or email me directly at sean at heyshawnpatrick.com.